So we're taking everybody out to a really cool place, as always. I know. We're so good at that. We are good at taking you to super cool places. We are actually going to a place that has over 300 days of sunshine every year, and it's over 6,500 feet in elevation. Woo-wee, that's high. And this is also home to a railroad that started way back in 1880. Very famous railroad. Very famous. And where are we going, Callie? We're going to Durango, Colorado. Here we go. Did you know that 46 million Americans plan to take an RV trip in the next 12 months? 90% of recreational vehicle owners take three or more mini vacations every year. Welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. If it's RV travel, we're talking about it. From campgrounds to museums to national and state parks, kayaking and hiking opportunities. One of the most fun and pleasurable things you can do is just hit the road. So be ready to be inspired. Welcome in to the RV Destinations Podcast. Now your host, President Randy Beheimer and Editor-in-Chief Callie Beheimer. Hello and welcome to the RV Destinations Podcast. This is the podcast series where we talk about everything travel-related, destination-related, where you want to go, where you want to take your RV, and why you want to go there. My name is Randy Beheimer, and I'm president of RV Destinations Magazine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> he had to look at me to make sure he was yeah, okay to say that. I, I, like, I think... Uh, you may not say that. I think I'm the president. I think I'm the clerk. You I think, think I'm the banker. I'm the CFO. The right? well, When you're a small company like that, you just do you're, everything. You're you know? kind of everything. Welcome to my world, baby, on a daily basis. <laughs> so my <laughs> name is Randy Beheimer, and I'm the president of RV Destinations Magazine. I'm here along with the editor-in-chief, my beautiful wife, Callie Beheimer. Hello. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. And today we're talking about a really fun town. We are. You know, it's really interesting because we're we're talking about Durango, Colorado. I'll I'll start there. Um, And I I went in feeling like I was struggling finding things to do. And then by the time we stopped at the visitor center and and got to kind of dig into Durango, I went through this panic mode of, oh, no, we're not spending enough time here. Yeah. And we we actually ran out of time and didn't get to do a lot of things that I was like, oh, man, I wish we could have done that. You know, we we stayed there five days Mm -hmm. and we thought that was going to be plenty. And, and, you know, we do this a lot. We, you know, we went into Port Aransas. We went into Amarillo thinking that there wasn't going to be much to do. And there's a ton to do. Sometimes you just have to look around and see what there is to do. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Right. Telling you those things. We're diving in for you. Uh, But... You know, I went with the same thing. You know, we've been to Montrose, Colorado, and we went down the Million Dollar Highway, and mm-hmm. it's gorgeous, beautiful. Oh, yeah. uh, we briefly stopped in Durango during that trip. I mean, it was pretty much just a touch in there and get out. Yeah. Uh, and so I really, again, I didn't have high expectations for Durango, and I walked away. I, I wouldn't say my mind was blown, but I walked away like I really would like to live here. Yeah, and, and I walked away you and I both talking about how we wanted to go back and spend more time. And, and like... What I love about what we get to do is sharing our adventures with everybody, including family. And I had reached out to my mom, and I know that her and my stepdad are planning this out west trip. And I called her up. I'm like, Mom, you guys have to add Durango to your list. You've got to stay. And they're not RVers. you got to stay this place in downtown Durango. This is what you need to do. And da-da-da-da. So it's really exciting for us to be able to you know, gain this knowledge and share it with you all so that you all can experience this and share it with other folks. I mean, 
Durango is it just kind of blew me away. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to do. A lot of great eats. A lot yeah. of a lot of history there. Tons of yeah, history. A lot of history. Tons of cool history. Yeah. In fact, there's um, you've got a national park. Uh, mm-hmm. What 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 was it? Thirty miles away? Forty miles away? Yeah, something I think like it was, that. I think it took us like forty fifty minutes. To yeah, get there. something like that. Yeah. So not too terribly bad. And and you know, and again with Durango is there's just. There's just so much history there. I totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say something, and then my brain went. Well, well, Durango is much like a lot of these mountain towns. It's a very outdoorsy place, and everybody there is. You know, you're either rafting, you're you're hiking in the mountains, you're four by four in the mountains, you're jeeping. Right? Yeah, you are outside. Yeah, this this is uh, this is definitely an outdoor location. Oh, Uh, I remember what I was going to say. Why don't you tell everybody? Okay, so this is part of the Million Dollar Highway. This is the yeah, the Route 550. S- right. Am I getting this? Am I in the south end? I am the G. Yes. Challenged so, one. so technically, technically, Route 550, or the Million Dollar Highway doesn't technically start until Silverton. So it's oh, Silverton gotcha. to Uray, uh, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uray? Uray? I think we I think said Uray. Pretty sure We're going to go Uray. with Uray. Uh, we've been told by the locals, and, and I believe it's Uray. Yeah. Uh, but But so technically, the Million Dollar Highway is from Silverton to Uray. But a lot of people say it's from, because it's just about oh, as beautiful as Durango. Oh, the drive is just as exquisite. Yeah, I mean, you hit Durango and you start heading up North. towards Silverton. Right. And, oh my gosh, it's just incredible. The The weather changes that we went through. So the day we left, and I learned this from several years ago when we had driven the Million Dollar Highway, dress in layers, bring layers with you. Because we left and it was a beautiful day, probably low 70s yeah. and sunny. Yep. And by the time we got up into the mountains, it was snowing. Um, so it was, I think we registered about 34 degrees, the Jeep was saying. So 34 degrees and snowing in the mountains. And then by the time we got back to the RV, it was low 70s and sunny. Yeah. So one day I think it dipped into the 20s. And, and we're yeah. talking about 12,000 foot elevation. Yeah, it's you, up there. We, we talked to one of the locals on the, um, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about the, oh, uh, yeah. the, uh, Durango Silverton uh, Railway uh-huh. Railroad, but we were talking to the actually the engineer, and he said that they don't even name mountains that are not above ten thousand feet. Yeah. So I mean, that just shows you how many. He's uh, just a little blip. right, right. Now, now also the beautiful thing about Colorado is is we have two or three riders from Colorado, mm-hmm. and so Cal and I have never really. I don't want to say we've never been in Colorado. We certainly have, but uh, this is probably the first time we've written you and I. Yeah, have like really featured a Colorado destination, right? And really spent the time because. We we were in Montrose, like Randy said, and we were only there like two or three days. We actually ended up cutting that trip short because it was at the end of another trip. We were having... I think it was five days is what we had scheduled, yeah. but we cut it down to like three because we were tired. We'd and been that, on the road for a while. And we had Tyson. He was our American bulldog. And <clears throat> this was before we learned that he had kidney failure. And so he had kind of started going down south on this trip. So we were... Just trying to get home at that point and get him comfortable also. So we ended up leaving a little bit early. Yeah. But so, yeah, this was kind of our first experience, like really spending some time in Colorado and just really, really enjoyed Durango. Like found myself going, man, I want to come back here and do this again. So so to put it in your mind, if you don't know where Durango is, uh, obviously everybody in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, everybody in Colorado (laughs) uh, knows where it's at, but and probably most people do. So Colorado is in the southwest corner of Colorado. Durango is in the southwest. Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. So Durango is in the, yeah, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm having coffee. Oh, lies. There's Kahlua in that coffee. I made it for you. 
Maybe I haven't drank enough. Lies. Maybe that's it. But anyway, so Durango <laughs> is in the southwest corner. It's mm-hmm. part of the Four Corners area. Um, it, it, well, it's a little bit further out from there, but it's still, I think, considered the Four Corners area. So so Montrose, which we're talking about, which we're not going to be talking about today much, but it's on the north side. Then you have the Million Dollar Highway. Uh, then you have Silverton. And then you have, uh, I don't know, 40 miles, 50 miles. Then you have Durango. Yeah. So, so anyway, so to the north... Montrose to the south, yep. Durango. So yep. I'm looking at it on a map now to get my bearings. So yeah, we were we were definitely on the south. Yeah, de- <laughs> definitely a real cool. It it, it feels more like uh, to me uh, like New Mexico or um, it, uh, or even Arizona. To yes, some it, it did have the, that feeling. The, there's a little bit of green, but you still have a lot of the dry, arid mm-hmm. climate. Um, uh, but you, you'll see some grass there, not like Arizona where you see very little grass. Yeah. In fact, the, the campground that we stayed at um, is also part of a farm. And we got to talk to the owners and we'll share information about them later. Uh, but they have, you know, been farming there for generations. Uh, the the gentleman, he, his family were some of the original homesteaders there in Durango on that land. So which I thought was incredible. So they've been farming this for many, many generations, and they rely on snowmelt uh, through all of the, what are those thingies called? What, like the little, they dig the channels and then they suck the water out of it. What am I trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I was, <laughs> um, reading, I was reading my fun I facts. Know, and I'm trying to think. Anyway, they rely on that. The word will come to me. Don't worry. Irrigation. Duh. Irrigation. They rely on irrigation to get water into all their fields uh, because it is that dry and arid. They need the snowmelt from the mountains. So, yep. okay, go on to your fun facts. Yeah, yeah. no, you, you, if you're going to start talking, you got to finish your sentences because I'm over here working and trying you to are. provide value. Well, I gave you this panic look like, oh, no, please <laughs> fill in the blank. I don't know what I'm well, trying to it, say. It, if I was listening to what you were saying, I probably could have finished it, but I'm sorry. I was <laughs> I, I actually. Uh, so, so there's a ton of different fun facts about Durango, and that's why I was kind of going through is uh, which ones I w- wanted to kind of bring up. But Durango gets its name from the Basque word uh, Urango, which means water town uh the governor uh, the colorado governor ag hunt gave it its uh town name after durango mexico uh the denver and rio grande railroad company founded the town of durango in 1880 Mm -hmm. uh let's see they have over 300 days of sunshine which we said in the intro and it is 6512 feet above sea level and i found one too where did it go i just where was it? Oh, here we go. Between 1880 and 1920, 12 different banks operated in Durango because the Durango Silverton train, which kind of put, well, literally put Durango on the map, was used to collect silver from Silverton. Yep. So, that's 12 right. 12 different banks. That's insane. So, you, uh, there's over a thousand archaeological sites in Durango city limits. Over a thousand wow. archaeological sites. I don't doubt it because, again, there's so much history there. And I, I can't wait to share some of this history. And I kind of geeked out on some of it. Yeah, the city of Durango comprises of 5.6 square miles. Not a huge town. Um, let's see, the narrow gauge railroad, uh, the rails are 36 inches mm-hmm. apart. Three feet. Uh, the standard uh, gauge railroad is 56 inches. So it's a lot more narrow. To, narrow. And I was actually asking the engineer, mm-hmm. like, does it rock back and forth mainly because the... Um, and we can talk you're about sitting on three feet, right? right because right. the overhang of the train over the uh, over the rails, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah. when we we'll, get to the. Uh, we'll I'm assuming that made the top that. ten. I haven't even read. She gave me the top ten like right before we started yeah. hitting record, so yes. it's going to be a surprise to me just as soon as it is 
for you for me too and then and i i want to mention that uh Purgatory Resort is there just north of Durango, and that is a massive, 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 huge ski resort, very big popular area, um, and they do have activities there during the summer as well. Did not add it onto the top 10 list because I really focused a little bit closer to Durango, but wanted to mention that Purgatory is is there as well. Yeah, they get over 260 inches of snowfall each year there in Durango, so uh, a lot of fresh powder to... Oh, break yeah. their skis out in the snowboards and whatnot. So, Heck yeah. Yeah, I think that's about it. There, there's a ton more here, but I, let, let's jump in. Maybe do the honorable mentions first because yeah. we, we did want to talk. We did a ghost uh, ghost tour. We and did. We felt like uh, we're just going to be completely honest as we always are. Yeah, we're pretty we blunt, are. But we're very blunt. The, the ghost tour was a great historical tour. It was a very <laughs> historic tour. So I have pages and pages of notes from the ghost tour that were mostly about just the history. Like there's a tunnel system under Main Street, which I thought was interesting. One point there were 35 saloons in and around town and they all had gambling and they all had brothels. There were some um, rival gangs there in town that had some big fights. So, I mean, it was really interesting learning the history, but there really wasn't a ghosty part to it, which I'm totally fine with because I'm not really into that. I honestly enjoy ghost tours for the history. You get a lot of really cool kind of seedy history that you don't get otherwise. Well, I, you know, I think I, I love the ghost tours. I'm the one that kind of pulls Callie yeah. to the ghost tours. Like, I, hey, I just think they're fun. Hey, we, we did a really good one in Savannah. Oh, Savannah was awesome, uh, but it was West. still the history was great. Yeah, but yeah, but they actually talk about actual a lot of ghosts. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a very haunted town. And and then we did one in Williamsburg. We mm-hmm. did a, bu- a pub crew in, in Williamsburg. No, we, you and I have never been to Williamsburg. That was you and not, not, wi- not Williamsburg. Uh, we, uh, it was... On uh, the water. I know. Oh, in, in what our, is it? In the Carolinas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're doing so good on this podcast. Oh, my gosh. But it, Wilmington. Wilmington. Yes. Thank you. My gosh. <laughs> like, yes. Will, Williamsburg does not have a ghost tour, as far as I know. Um, and they probably do. But Key West was really good. But yeah. all I'm saying is this one, you know... I don't know. Maybe it was the narrator of the story. Yeah, maybe yeah. it wasn't. Uh... And, and Randy and I have mentioned on other podcasts is sometimes we purposely go in saying who we are and other times we purposely don't. This time we did not. And a lot of times on ghost tours, we don't because we don't want them to do anything different or feel any type of pressure outside of what they would normally do, especially when it's a very small organization like this one was. It's just just a guy, just him that does it. Um, but I guess I used the wrong email, which came from RV Destinations Magazine. And we showed up. He's like, you guys are with the magazine. And <laughs> it's like, yeah. So so <laughs> if if you're rushed for time, skip the skip go, ghost, yeah. uh, ghost tour. But I it, was if, not impressed with it at all. It was fun. The, the one with the house where the... Um, uh, oh, the, the house jail down from cells? the school. Yeah that, yeah, that was kind of a cool that story. That was interesting. Yeah, so there was a house... Uh, that was owned by the judge in town, and he had some jail cells installed in his basement so that if there was an overflow at the jail, he could take some of the not-so-scary offenders home with him. And I think there was three jail cells down there. Um, and his he and his wife would, like, bring them dinner and hang out with them, <laughs> you know, basically essentially put them to bed at night. Um, and it was during the winter. They had a wood-burning stove down there, and apparently it got clogged up filled up with carbon monoxide they woke up the next morning to find the three guys 
they were just minor offenders dead in their basement. <laughs> Oops. And then the house ended up sitting vac- vacant. Uh, the tour guide told us for something like 15 or 20 years. It was some ridiculous amount of time. Um, he had said it was because the house was very haunted by these three guys and like one person rented it for a very short period of time and was like, nope, forget it. I'm out of here. Um, and very recently a family has moved in and apparently has been good to go with no issues. So yeah, I, I thought that house was cool. And then the funeral parlor was really neat because that was just a beautiful home. That was a cool house. Yeah. And what I did like about it, the tour is we walked through, oh, what was the name of the street? Um, yeah. I'll have to think of the name of the street here. But we walked, uh, oh, it's called East 3rd Avenue. They also call it the Boulevard because this is where like the nice homes were and still are. So it was really cool to walk by all these incredibly gorgeous old homes there in Durango. Yeah, so Durango actually, most of it burnt down. Mm -hmm. Uh, What year was that? Do you remember the year? 1890 something? Uh, And so a lot of the original buildings um, are not still around uh, the homes and stuff. But Uh, 1898, Durango uh, burnt down. Look at my memory. I said 1890 something. That was close. Uh, But but there are still a lot of homes. They're really small, little, tiny. uh, like shotgun houses. Yeah, I mean, for little, lack of better words, yeah. I, I guess they're not really shotgun houses, but they're they're tiny little homes, maybe seven, eight hundred square feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're uh, on, on that street. What was the street name? The, bo- it, the boulevard. Also, East Third Avenue. East Third Avenue. They call it the boulevard. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you go down that street and you see a bunch of smaller homes, those that are, are the, wood. Those are the original. And after the town burnt down, they said, "Nope, can't use wood anymore." So then you'll see that the newer homes are made of brick. Yeah, so you'll see these massive homes right yeah. next to the small little wood <laughs> yeah. shack. And, and it's surprising because a small little shack probably goes for about four or 500000 Yeah, and uh, I think the guy was saying that. He's like, these little small, you know, we say shacks. They're, they're beautiful homes, but they're like tiny little cottages. He said they're going, I think he said four or $500,000. And then the, the larger homes are going, you know, millions. millions. Yeah. yeah, for Woo-wee. sure. All right, you want to jump in and let's get to the top 10 things to do in Durango, Colorado. Let's do it. All right, so we got number 10, walk downtown. Yeah, so downtown I found really interesting. So it, there's so much history in downtown. This this town started in 1880, and a lot of the history goes back to 1880 and the late 1880s. Um, So you can walk around downtown and see a lot of these old hotels that were originally built when the um, railroad came in and was built there in the town. But there's just so many great little restaurants and shopping and art galleries. So if you're into art, we actually stopped into an art gallery and just saw some exquisite art. And and art not only like wall art, that type and sculptures, but also uh, jewelry. So they had just beautiful pieces of jewelry from local artists and um, just really, really enjoyed it. Just really enjoyed spending some time walking around. There's this incredible chocolate shop by... The Christmas... It was right yeah, next, right next the to the Christmas shop. shop. So we yeah. walked into the Christmas shop and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's smell that chocolate. smell? And she's like, oh, it's the place next door. It's a chocolate shop. And I mean, I, I, there's no way I could work there. There, no, I'd be next door every day like, yep, I will take my daily dose of chocolate, please. Yeah, so th- there are so many shops. And actually, I, I was surprised at how... And, and this is a historic downtown yeah. Durango. And I was surprised at how large it is. Yeah. How many shops. It was thriving. It's not like... Uh, 
you know, you walk downtown Cincinnati, Cincinnati and <laughs> like half the shops are closed up, right. which is which is happening a lot a all lot over of, the right. country. But not in Durango, man. It was thriving. A lot it, of the stores were open. That they had, we we went into that clothing store to buy uh, an outfit for dinner that night. Yeah, and, just really cool kind of clothing that you very Western type clothing, but very how do I say it? Like contemporary modern Western, you know, because I grew up a country bumpkin. I mean, I, you know, had my Wranglers and I had my, my boots, you know, my, my lacers, anybody that knows these words knows what I'm talking about. And I mean, I was a little country bumpkin, but you went into this store and it was kind of like, oh, I know what it was like. It was like the show Yellowstone. It was like them in a clothing store. That was it. There you go. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so there, there, there's a lot of fine dining. There's a lot of casual dining, yeah. a lot of brew pubs and distilleries. Yes. Uh, m- most uh, or a lot of them have outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just really a fun, um, fun place. We ate at that. Was it a burger place that sat it was behind? It a burger place. Yeah. Grass-fed burgers. And I think that might have been the name of it was grass-fed yeah. burgers. That was really good. And then we ate at the... Um, oh, the taco Mex- place. The taco place. It was the wrestler. What's his name? Oh, oh, oh. Dang. What is the it? The one that pa- wears the mask. Yeah, na- uh, Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. But I think it was Taco Libre. Taco Libre, yes. Yeah. And, th- and th- that was good. That was yeah. kind of fun. It was a fun atmosphere. I I, I wouldn't say it was my, the best meal I've ever had. No. But, uh, and then we, uh, uh, do we talk about the, oh, we do. We don't want to, we don't want to talk early about the uh, diamond. Uh, uh, yeah, don't give it away. Shh. Now, what about the dinner that we went to? Where was that at? Oh, that was there at kind of the same location that we're going to tie into number four. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. So we I don't will. want to give away. So moving on to number nine. Number nine. Mesa Verde National Park. Now oh, I would have loved to have put this higher up on the list. Um, but I have to say Randy and I were grossly disappointed. Um and oh, like how do we preface this? Well, so for well, l- they l- had let's set just it just open. Yeah, they had just opened. I I mean literally that week. Yeah, that uh, week it, they had and just so opened. Two thirds of the overlooks we're not even closed. open. They were closed. And two-thirds of the park was still closed because they were doing road construction. So we pulled in with our little handy map and in tow. We had our dogs with us because they have a couple dog-friendly hikes. And I get all excited and we go up to the gate. I'm like, got my dogs. I got my map. We're going to go hiking. And she's like, yeah, that's all closed. Well, and, and then there was some confusion because you had looked on their website yeah. and it said this trail, this trail, this trail are all dog-friendly. Dog friendly. And when you went to the gate, the ranger said, no, those are not dog right. friendly only the uh like this only, concrete sidewalk right. and we're like no it's a, and so we decided hey you will just pull up the website we're gonna go do it anyway but right. then we get up there and it's closed, and it's closed. so it so closed. yeah about two-thirds of the park was closed and i i don't know if that was uh they did have record amount of snow so i don't know if they had to do road repairs or what the what the reason was uh nobody actually told us no. so they were working on the road we did see equipment there working on the road so maybe that's it so but what we what i didn't like is we drove I mean, it seemed like forever, forever up to the top of the mountain, and you could go along the ridge, uh, and then we close this way, close that oh, way. Everywhere we turned was closed. It was just frustrating. Yeah, but and then and then it was like we get to the last kind of overlook. So we got to see, I think, two of the cliff dwellings. From a distance, the Puebloians. Yeah, the the oh, you and the Puebloian were. No, I had to say that. Yeah, because I know because we had a whole episode. You need to listen to that, Randy, trying to say that. That Pueblo. was that was the um, Monument Valley one, I believe. Oh yes, with so the I, so I, I made that a word. I have not submitted it to Webster yet, but Puebloian. <laughs> it <laughs> you're sounds so good, thinking, and you're so cute when you, you know, do it. If you say it with confidence, people have no idea. Oh, that's they not have a word. no idea. That's why I say partake in the drinkiness. There, there is that one history teacher, one uh, science teacher, or something. 
that. You know what? They just need to keep their thoughts to themselves <laughs> and let us have these words. So there's a lot of ancestral pueblo. 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 <laughs> I, s- still- I still think I'm right on that. Oh, honey. Just look at Someone how it's write spelled. in and tell us the proper way to pronunciate pueblo. Pueblo. See, pueblo. Yeah, but you didn't say that. You said like pueblo. Ancestral pueblo. Yeah, that's better. That's better. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So, yeah. So, you could see some of these cliff dwellings. And the biggest one, so I was all excited. We get to the last one. I'm like, woohoo. There's no cars there. I'm all excited. I'm like, great. There's going to be no crowds. Walk up. And the pathway to walk down and see it, because it's actually on the same side as the parking lot. So, a lot of times you would park and then, like, look across the valley and could see the cliff cliff dwelling this one was literally located right below you and then the path to walk down there was closed and i'm like okay guess we're not seeing that one either yeah so here, here's my take on it go to mesa verde uh check it off your box yes. go there with low expectations, low expectations. <laughs> and you might you, you might be you might be pleasantly surprised now yeah. now we were also coming off of um, uh monument valley and moab and so we saw a lot of a lot of really cool yeah, things Bryce canyon right. and zion so we had seen some Stuff. Oh, one thing I do want to say about Mesa Verde, um, for those of you that have the National Park Passport book, which Randy and I do have, there are actually two stamps for Mesa Verde, which you can get at the main gift store. And the one is for Mesa Verde and the other one is for the Yucca House. Um, I guess the Yucca House is somewhere within kind of that park or just outside of it, but you can get the stamp for it there at Mesa Verde. Yeah. So I hope I hope somebody uh, some of the listeners actually go there. And like, you right. know, they were crazy. I had a great time. I, I hope we, so. we hope so because right. we we did not. And, and again, that partly had to do with the fact that two thirds of the park was closed. Wasn't yes. It? I, I I think they should have. Now we've got a park pass, so it wasn't a big deal. We didn't pay any money other than the park pass. But but if we had to pay thirty five forty bucks to get in, yeah, yeah, we would have been pretty upset if yeah. they because there was nowhere that was saying that was closed. No, I mean, we nowhere. had no idea till we drove all the way up there. Right, and then to there's 40 like miles. road close signs. And then um, there is, I'm trying to look for my map here that should be in this stack. Um, there, I think there was a little cafe there at the kind of the top of the peak, wasn't there? There was. Okay. So there is a cafe. You keep talking. I'm going to look for my map. So I, I thought the I thought the visitor center was kind of cool. They, they had the, um, the, the statue out front there. Yes. And I did not go in. You went in. Uh, and the visitor center was very nice. It was smaller. So if you're looking for like a big, robust, uh, kind of like gift store visitor center. Right. It's not that. Uh, it's not that. But it was still a very nice gift store. A lot of good information. And, and what I thought was really cool was they had these little kits where you could weave a traditional Puebloan like basket. Uh, and <laughs> See, they, it's wearing on you. It is. And so they gave you like all of the stuff to do that in a little bag, which I thought was kind of really neat because you, ha- I had not seen that in any of the other gift stores that we went to. So I'm looking here. So yeah, there's, uh, they do have a lodge. They have the terrace, uh, which is, has food, um, you know, lots of places to stop and picnic. There is a campground there as well. Um, and an amphitheater. So, I mean, there's a, a great, a, a good amount of stuff to do there. So hopefully, you know, you can hit it up and go in like the middle of summer when hopefully everything's open and really get to enjoy everything. Yeah. So if you want to hike down to the actual dwellings, uh, I think you have to do that by permit. I, I think so. I think you have to sign up for a right. hike. They so, have some um, like 
uh, ranger guided hikes. That's that you right. Can sign so don't just so d- don't just go there thinking that you're going to be able to walk down and kind of rummage around into the uh, you know the dwellings because you can't. Now at Bandelier in New Mexico yeah. you could, oh, you and could. that's why I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that Bandelier. Bandelier was awesome. So we'll yeah. we'll be talking about that someday soon too. Yes. So moving on to number on. eight, yeah. uh, we've got the James Ranch. Yeah. So. Randy's going, huh? Yeah, like, okay, so we've definitely not done this. <laughs> no, but, we didn't. But, but they talked to uh, it at the Visitor's <clears throat> Bureau about this. Right. The Visitor Bureau, the campground that we stayed at, uh, several of the locals. So what the James Ranch is, it's a conglomeration of seven different agricultural businesses. So they raise beef there. Uh, they also have dairy cattle, which they turn into cheese. They have a restaurant. They have a market that is open to the public. They have beautiful gardens. They offer a homestead school. They and a have, grill. And a grill. Bar and grill. Well, I said restaurant. I didn't hear that. Oh, I know, because you were busy looking at something. <laughs> I, I was looking up there. the James Ranch yeah. uh, bar and grill. Yeah, so they offer a homestead school. They have educational farms. They tour, uh, Educational tours, a tree farm. They have vacation rentals, so if you're looking for like a VRBO. And they also have an event venue. Um, so this is like a, a big swath of land uh, that the James Ranch covers um, and, and does all these different things. And again, several people that we talked to was like, oh, if you have the opportunity, get out there. You know, the food is amazing. It's farm to table, right? Farm I mean, that's table. essentially yeah. what it is. And yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. They're, they're... I remember them talking about how great it was. It was closed when we were there, weren't they? Or did we run out of time? We ran out of one, time. One of them was closed. I think, oh, that's the Bardi truck Right, wagon the Bardi truck talk about here in a Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the James Ranch was open. We just had a lot of recommendations for it. And it's literally this family that's trying to say, hey, look, you can be completely sustainable, live off the land and do all of this and do something good with it. Yeah. So the, as Callie said, one of the first things we usually try to do is visit uh, the Visitor's Bureau, wherever we're going. And, mm-hmm. and we stopped in there. That's actually downtown on the main drag. It is. I don't remember the street n- name, but they've got a lot of brochures and cool little things. But um is it? Uh, I'm looking. Man, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, we stopped in there. We said, what are things that you recommend us doing while we're here? We're with a magazine, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the James Ranch came up uh, pretty mm-hmm. quickly. You know, they, um, they they talked about whitewater rafting, of course, the hot springs there, uh, of course, Mesa Verde. But but the James Ranch came up pretty yeah. quickly. And that's Main Avenue. On Main Avenue. So the Main Visitor Avenue. Bureau is there. You can go in there and get... You know, any kind of uh, questions mm-hmm. answered, you can look at a bunch of different brochures and, that they have there, that kind of thing. And total segue, what I thought was super cool, and I oh, have the itineraries. them. In, yeah, I have them in my hand. They have these super cool itineraries there. So, for example, one is like Durango Family Adventure, and it covers four days, and it it gives you like a whole itinerary, like day one, go to this place to eat, um, go to the Purgatory you know, for activities, uh, eat at the Purgatory, do a horseback ride at this place, eat dinner here at this place and and so it's really cool and they've got that for like family adventure weekend warriors romantic getaway of course i had to say that with yeah these are all free they're at the visitor center actually they said they were on their website as a pdf Uh too so you can download them maybe we might talk to them and see if we can get them and actually feature them on our website so you get one place to kind of pull them all down i'm sure they won't mind but they've got all different types of interests but these are real cool itineraries they're super fun and it's a great way to really experience durango uh, whether you're an RVer or just a regular, I say regular traveler, uh, you know, staying at a hotel, I mean, you can still do these itineraries, which is great, you yeah. know. 
So I, I love them. I, I kept them because I'm like, this looks like super fun. So go check out uh, James Ranch Bar and Grill. Uh, then we're going to move on to number seven, which is, now this is Callie's thing. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I stayed in the car and then he I eventually did. came in. He did. So <laughs> Honeyville, and we actually went to Honeyville couple several we years Ma- ago Montrose, Montrose. that was like in- the furthest south we made it we got to Honeyville we turned around and went back Honeyville is literally everything honey it's across kind of a cross caddy corner from the James Ranch so you can you know do that together if you wanted to but hun- Honeyville is everything honey and this is I think they have several locations this is considered their factory store but I mean, they everything everything honey, honey. <laughs> yeah. we're talking Anything like you can think of yeah home decor uh, food items like salsa and bourbons. Bur- oh yeah, they have all bourbons, these liquors, wines made out of honey. Uh huh. All of this stuff, health Hot and sauces. beauty products, uh, jams, salsa. jellies, seasonings. I mean, everything and anything that you could possibly think of and beyond um, that could be made out of honey, they have it. And it's just—it's a really neat kind of fun place. Uh, kids would absolutely love it. Their distillery is right there, and they produce some award-winning. Um, bourbon. Like I got Randy a bottle because uh, he's a bourbon drinker and knows bourbon. And you're, we live here in bourbon country in, in Kentucky. And and the guy was saying like their, their bourbon for only being out a few years has already won some medals, which is very rare. And so, yeah, it was very, very interesting. It's a fun little place. Kids would absolutely love this. And adults do too. I mean, this is the second time I've been and thoroughly enjoyed it. So <laughs> that's why it's number Seven. <laughs> and it did come recommended by the uh, the tourism bureau. Yes. They did say go down and see Honeyville. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was fine. It's just not my cup of it's tea. It's not his cup of tea, but it's fun. Uh, so number six, we got the Bar D Chuck Wagon Dinner. Yeah, now I this was, was closed. Yeah, when we, we were, were like literally three days away from it opening because it is only open Memorial Weekend through September every year. That's it. Now this looks like it would have been totally fun, oh, and I am oh really sad we didn't yeah. we didn't get to do it. Yeah. So it is essentially a whole village around dinner with a music show and comedy show. And and when I'm talking a village, I mean a full-on village. They have a little train that goes around. They have an art gallery. They have a working leather shop with a leathersmith, a working blacksmith shop with a blacksmith. They have a gift store. They have a chocolate shop. They have a cute little shooting gallery. They have wagon rides. They have a chapel if you want to get married there. They have a playground. They have gold panning, horseshoes. They have a little roping set if you want to teach your kids how to rope and rain. Um, and so you can literally make a, an entire half day out of it. I think they open like at 4.30 so you can get there, hang out, check all this stuff out. And then dinner is like promptly served at 6.30. The line's open at 6.45. You go through, you get your food. And then afterwards, they have this big musical and comedy show. And I'm, I'm, I mean, it just, you look, go to their website, look at their pictures. And I was like, oh my gosh, it looks like so much fun. Now, does it look like you can go in there and just shop around and look at the different things yeah. and not eat dinner and leave? Or, um, or is that kind of one package price you pay one? No, price? I think you can go in, like if you didn't want to do the show, I think maybe you might be able to go in and check everything else out without doing the show, but I'm not 100% sure. You'd probably have to check the website. Yeah, and again, we, 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 we usually don't like to include things that we have not done, but the James Ranch Bar and Grill and the Bar D Chuck Wagon came so highly recommended. Highly, and I think they're right rated. across from each other, really they're, close they're to very, each other. Very, yeah, the Bar D Chuck Wagon, it, it was very, very close. And it, again, just had 
great reviews and so many locals, you know, had suggested going there. And when we looked it up, we're like, well, it doesn't open for three more days. <laughs> we yeah. would love to go. Yeah. So if somebody, if somebody uh, listens to the, this podcast and goes to the Chuck, uh, the Chuck Wagon dinner, please let us know. Send us an email at publishers at RV Destinations yeah. Magazine. Let us know about your experience. We would love, we're, we're actually seriously thinking about going back because we, we would love to do the Polar Express on, yeah. on the uh, Silver but the chuck wagon drank will be closed because oh, remember right. I said it's only open uh, Memorial through September. Well, we'll just anyway, have to make another trip. Yeah, let us know if you go there. Let us know what you think of it because we we would love to know because it, it was highly recommended by the visitor bureau as well. So. Yeah, yeah, very much so. so. Moving on to number five, we got the Wildlife Museum and Hatchery. Yes, so this, this is something I roll my eyes when you said you got a schedule. I know, and I I have to say I was so enamored by this whole experience. I mean, that's the only way I know how to put it. So it's two separate things. Well, actually kind of like three things there. So they have the Wildlife Museum, uh, which is home to different animals, but sorry, they're not alive. They're all stuffed, uh, (laughs) found in Colorado. I want people to think like, oh, they're presented nicely in a museum format. (laughs) Exactly. Very, very nicely. But what is so cool about it is you have the opportunity to see these animals that are beautifully preserved in such a way that you go, you know, you probably wouldn't get to see them in the wild. Yeah. So it was really, really neat to see them. They have them displayed just beautifully. The Wildlife Museum just offers a lot of great information. The folks that work this place are are willing to answer every single one of your questions. Oh, they, they and we were, had so many questions. They were amazing. So so the funny story is, is uh, we had our uh, one of our staff uh, call ahead and they actually booked it for us. But mm-hmm. But uh, we were in the visitor center and said, hey, can we get some, uh, we want to get some pictures of downtown. Uh, it's pretty common to get media pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, downtown's kind of hard for us to get pictures during the day when there's a lot of cars moving around. Anyway, so what was her name? Um, I knew you were going to ask me and I forget. Uh, we've got it written down somewhere. Oh, somewhere. I oh, know. Oh my gosh. It's... I know. This is embarrassing. I- anyway, oh. so the, uh, uh, so we walk in, the lady comes out and like, hi, Randy and Callie, you're with the magazine, right? And you're like, yep. Like, yeah. we're meeting tomorrow. At at the uh, the hatchery in the, in the wildlife museum, we're like, oh, we're meeting you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna go down there with you. Did you find her name? No, I I didn't. So oh. we're just gonna move on and pretend that we said it. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I've got her name somewhere. I just yeah. have to look it up, and I'm terrible at names as it is. I, oh, I am. Too. I barely remembered your name after like the first five. Yeah, years. you still get it wrong sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, anyway, so she showed up the next day with us. And then there was the gentleman from the fish ha- fish hatchery. Fish hatchery. And there was a gentleman from the wildlife. Um, do you have any other names? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it was Leland um, from the from the um, wildlife side, and he's also a game warden. And then it was Ryan from the hatchery side. So we got to see the wildlife museum and go through there. And Leland kind of showed us all of that and answered all of our questions there. But then Ryan took us over the fish fish hatchery side, and we uh, were able to get a behind-the-scenes tour, which was incredible. What is amazing is this year alone, this hatchery is going to release 1.5 million fish back into waterways in Colorado. And I had no idea that this was a thing. Like, I've seen signs for hatcheries, but never, it just, you know... Like so many of us, like, oh, I don't know what that is. And okay, it's just, you know, they're, they're making fish. Um, but what's incredible is like different counties from across the state, and each state have these, but like in Colorado, they will go out and do basically a counting of the fish that are out there in the wild. 
and then come to the hatchery and say, we're really low on this fish, we're really low on this fish, and we're really low on this fish. And then the hatchery literally grows these fish from eggs. I say grow, but I mean, that's essentially what they're doing. Um, Raising, raising these fish from eggs. And then we'll send these fish off into these counties so that they can repopulate their waterways with it. Because they were saying there's just like fish in the wild can't reproduce enough to meet the needs of anglers and fishermen, like just sport anglers and then true fishermen that are, you know, getting it for food. Um, So it was just, it was a fascinating, like we saw the entire, we literally got to see the little baby eggs with like eyeballs on them (laughs) all the way up to the fish that were getting ready to be released in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it, it it kind of blew my mind too, because I, I was much like, and I'm pretty naive. I'm not a fisherman, so I don't know all the ins and outs, but you know, you, you realize that they stock lakes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because they get overfished, but I never thought you would have to stock a river river. that's a running, moving thing, but apparently you do. Apparently every year they send out millions and millions of fish into different rivers throughout all the, uh, you know, the Four Corners area and uh-huh. up into Montrose and stuff like that. So the lady's name is Rachel, Rachel with the, uh, the visitor. Okay. And Rachel, if you're listening to this, we are so sorry. I know. It we, took us a hot minute. Yeah. I had to I had to look it up because it was on the tip of my tongue. I so I apologize. But Rachel showed up from the visitor store. And, and when we were done, she actually said, that was so neat. I've never yeah. been on a tour here and I've lived here for so long. And, and so she actually learned. But the whole staff, both uh, Leland and uh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Uh, were great. They took their time. They they went into a lot of detail. I oh, think we were there two hours. At least like two, two and a half hours. I mean, we spent a lot of the time on the hatchery side and, and some of the hatchery is open to the public um, and some of the hatchery is open for educational tours. Um, but a lot of the hatchery is closed because they need to preserve these these tiny little itty bitty baby fish that they're growing. Um, so we were so blessed to be able to get kind of a behind the scenes tour. And what I thought was incredible too, again, they're releasing 1.5 million fish this year alone and only five employees run that hatchery, yep. which I thought was amazing to have. And it was just, it was so cool. You could see the, the passion of all of them. You know, Ryan was so passionate about the, the fish and you know, how he got into it. It was so cool. Like I, I literally said to him at one point, like I had no idea that this was like a job option in life. Like how cool is this that you do? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, he was from New Jersey, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was from New Jersey. And, and he, he said that that just wasn't the right place for, right, him exactly. for what he wanted to do. And so he moved to Colorado. He, mm-hmm. he had been there for five or eight years I or something so, like that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, but, but anyway, so Ryan was amazing. Leland was amazing. And uh, it was just a great tour. And, 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 and again, if you're a fisherman, definitely go there oh, and visit. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. Even if you're not, I'd say go see it and learn about it because yeah. I was blown away by what I didn't know yeah. about the whole process and how elaborate it is. You know, yeah, it's incredibly elaborate. Um, you know, and even what the the game wardens on on the wildlife side do. You know, with overseeing the population of wildlife, ensuring that wildlife is healthy, you know, following up on any injuries to wildlife, conservation efforts, um, you know, licensing. You know, if people want to get a hunting or fishing license, they can they go there to get them. So it was just. It was a really, really cool experience. They gave us a couple of demonstrations of a mountain lion uh, trap and yeah. then a bear trap. And then there and was they, a... Was, the, was it an elk or it, a deer? Was, I think it was a deer that was... Uh, it had been hit by a car, but they had brought it in 
because they had. Um, I don't think it was hit by a car. I think it was a bear got it. I think was that's a bear? What, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, no, they said they usually no, get one. No, it was a mountain lion. It was a mountain lion. It was a mountain lion that got that's it. Yeah, right. that's it. And then they brought it in because they had some students earlier that day that they were using it for for demonstration. It, it purposes. was like on a tarp, a blue tarp. Yeah, I mean, and, imagine like yeah. a murder scene. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> and they're like, "Oh, sorry about that." And they're like, "Oh, we're good." Yeah, yeah. They're like, "Normally, you're not going to see this laying around right. here." But and they took us in the back. This was in the back, right uh, behind the away from. Uh, you know, we, we got the back tour. Behind the green curtain. Yeah, but, but apparently this mountain lion uh, got a hold of it and killed it, and so they bring it in, I guess, and, and mm-hmm. uh, for training and stuff. Yeah, for training. Said? Yeah, uh, for training and educational purposes. So that's yeah, what they use. Leland, it for. Uh, Ryan, and Rachel, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, we really, really enjoyed. We really, really enjoyed the um, Wildlife Museum and Hatchery. So moving on to number four, visit the Diamond Bell. Yeah, so the Diamond Bell, we hinted on this before. This is inside the Strader Hotel. Uh, The Strader Hotel is super original. One of the original hotels there in Durango and it's just a beautiful, beautiful historic And it's hotel. supposed to be extremely haunted. Yeah, it's uh, supposed we, to be we've super seen haunted. That, we've seen that in several places yeah. besides the tour we were on. Yeah, so this, I mean, this hotel dates back to the 1800s, uh, late 1800s. Uh, but inside the Strader Hotel is the Diamond Bell. And the Diamond Bell used to be this saloon for the Strader Hotel. And then at one point, it got turned into a drugstore, and then it got turned into a couple other businesses, and then it turned back into a saloon in, in, the, in the late 1950s. It was 1957, and there's a funny story behind it. So the, it was a father who owned it, and like the father and son ran this business in this, basically, it's the, the corner of the Strader Hotel on the street, that what used to be the saloon, and the son was like, hey, dad, I've got a great idea. I think we should turn this back into the saloon. And the father was like, that's ridiculous. Like, we're, we're never going to get any money on this. That's just a, a silly idea. And then dad went away to Arizona, Arizona for the winter. And the son's like, hmm, I'm just going to go ahead and change this back to a saloon while dad's gone. <laughs> so he changed it back to a saloon. I didn't know the story. Yeah. This is news to me. Yeah. So he changes it, changes it back into a saloon. And it was such a huge hit with everybody. Dad came back, saw how popular it was. And then dad tried to claim it was his idea all along. And so it has been a saloon again since 1957. And the girls that work there dress up in little like can-can outfits. Yeah, period clothing, like can-can clothes. Um, They have like a a ragtime piano player that plays. And then some of the things that are in there are original. So the ceiling tin is original, though it has been painted. Uh, the upper plate glass windows and the stained glass window over the door are original from 1887. Um, the little balcony that we saw that was in there, yep. um, that was actually built when it was a pharmacy. And that's where they used to store like drugs for the pharmacy. Gotcha. Uh, but that was, but it was still, it was just super, super neat, super fun, ragtime music playing. So this was actually my second favorite thing to do in Durango. Yeah. Uh, number one is actually my favorite, uh, and we'll talk a lot about that, probably m- more than we need to. But but I really just enjoyed it. We just went in for a couple drinks before yeah. we went next door to have to dinner. To the Mahogany Grill. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went to the Mahogany Grill, and it was it, it was, was good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, it wasn't mind-blowing. We, we, we had... A couple of people that highly recommended it, yeah. and, it and it was good. It was good, but they they had recommended it because it is so. It, it's in the historic Strader Hotel, and then also there. So you've got the Strader Hotel inside. There is the Mahogany Grill, 
the Office Spiritorium, which is a cute little bar, and then the Diamond Bell. Sorry, I'm trying to get my cat who only wants attention when I'm, you know, doing something that I can't. So he's like crawling across my computer right now. <laughs> oh, Gus. But, but yeah, the the bar, we just went in for a few drinks and it was just, you know, the, the, the drinks tasted great. The bartender's nice. The music's playing. Yeah. The, all the girls are in can-can dre- dresses. Yeah. Is that appropriate? Did I say yeah. that right? Can-can dresses? Yeah, can, or, I guess so. Again, period yeah. clothes. Period clothing. From the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And it, you're, you're there in Durango, Colorado. And it's just really. Uh, I, I was vibing to it. I really was. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I was sad that we had to leave to meet our reservations uh-huh. at Mahogany's. But uh, but yeah, definitely go check out Diamond Bell, uh, have a couple drinks, and, and just enjoy the music. Yeah, and just enjoy, enjoy the history of that building, especially in the Diamond Bell. It's fun. So, so number three, uh, Whitewater Raft. So we did not do this. Ew. We, did, for, we for, did not do that by choice. By choice, because I am a big wuss. And I see this. So we went down. The Animus River runs through Durango. And there is some serious rapids, like, right there in town. I don't think it's always like that, though. So so, so Colorado and Utah had record snowfall. Yeah. And, and when we were in Utah, the uh, what river is out there in Utah that we were... Uh, oh, gosh. Um, it, oh. Anyway, the, the yeah. rivers were overflowing. Uh, it was there in... Uh, I know, but I can't remember. Uh, the Virgin River. Oh, that's right. The Virgin it's River, because like it's the Netflix show you yeah. watch. So the Virgin River in Utah was just like it was overflowing Insane. on the road and and everything. And so when we we got to uh, Durango, it was the same thing. The Animas was just overflowing. The rapids were just absolutely Insane. nuts. Um, you know, I, I don't know, class six. I I, I, I don't have know. No idea. It, it's something. All I know is probably it not a class super six. Freaky, but it, it was it was a lot. Uh, it was a lot. So so, so we and then it was. In the 60s and 70s, and we're like, we're not getting in that I'm water. I'm not getting in that water. That is snow melt. You know, that's really cold, <laughs> like super cold. But there was a lot of people doing it. Oh we we sat gosh. out there one day for about an hour shooting uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the magazine article, uh, shooting rafters coming down, fighting these humongous oh, waves. Oh, insane. And there was this, so I, I've learned there's, you can do like rapid surfing, and so there was a guy out there rapid surfing. You know, it's a weird kind of short looking little surfboard. He has his helmet on, his little bodysuit, and he's out there surfing these rapids. And then poof, he would like disappear and then pop up and swim to shore. And my, my head's going, nope, nope, not me. And in the one person kayaks, oh, yeah. you were flipping out because oh, they were like gosh. dipping their head in the water and coming back up. Yeah, but it wasn't even like a kayak. Like if you could imagine like sitting down on your knees like this kayak barely extended past. I think they the call them like froggies or something like that. Oh, it was so small, but he would like flip upside down, and I'm freaking out because he's not coming back up. And all of a sudden, he'd pop up, you know, way down the river. And and again, I'm like, how do you know what's under that water? There's there's a rapid happening for a reason. You flip upside down, whack. So, but I, apparently they have competitions in that that yeah, there. Right they in they that put up area. obstacles where you have mm-hmm. to kind of. Uh, raft through them or, or something through them. Yeah, but, but it, and they have rafting schools. So if you are into rafting, Durango is definitely a place you're going to want to head to and check out because they offer all types of rafting. Yeah, if you if you Google uh, top 10 things to do in Durango, whitewater raft, raft yeah. is like the first 10 things. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely driven by who pays the, mm-hmm. uh, the top amount of money, but there's plenty of rafting companies out there. Just pick one go on it uh we we didn't get time to explore you know what part of the river is the best i mean again this animus kind of surround it goes the whole length of durango 
Uh, and, a, and a lot of the rafting companies are actually right there in Durango. I don't think they go very far. Like They go I don't north. Think so either. But they don't go very far north. They go over how many miles you're going to do your raft. And then they pretty much end there in downtown Durango. Yeah. If you're like us, you can actually go to the park. Do you remember the name of the park? Because you can go to the park uh, and yeah, sit there and look. watch them come by. Which was fun. Let me see if I can find yes. the name of this park really uh, quick. But, and, and that was pretty fun. Again, I... I would like to whitewater raft. I've never done it before. Well, I've you done might it. have I, to find a friend to do that. I, I have done it, like, but I haven't done like the class friend. five, class six raps. I, I did it in West Virginia, and it, so it wasn't really that Is crazy. That but, but, but anyway, so the Hanamas was crazy. Santa Rita Park? That's it. Okay, Santa Rita Park. Yeah, so you can go to Santa Rita Park uh, right there and walk right up to the uh, mm-hmm. the river and watch them go by. Yeah, and there's they're literally whitewater park. Uh, is considered like a museum, but it's it's not. It's just the white water there on the Animus River. And that's where, uh, right north of that Santa Rita Park is where that huge kind of rapid is that is, I guess, very famous in that area. So, All right. So moving on to number two, number we've two. got Durango Hot Springs. You yeah. want to tell them about that? Yes. Okay. I, I was super sad because, again, we ran out of time. I had no idea that there were hot springs in Durango until we had gone to the visitor center and they said, you need to go to these hot springs. And by then we had already planned a whole hot springs day uh, with massage in Pagosa Springs. So we're like, okay, we have to go at least check this out. So we got to talk to one of the managers there at Durango Hot Springs and he gave us a tour and it is pretty incredible. So this was a former hot spring that was closed for a bit and that had been bought out by what is now Durango Hot Springs. They closed it, refurbished it, opened it in 2019. They get about 300,000 people that come through that place a year. And what you'll notice, like if you've ever been to some hot springs, um, a lot of times you'll get that heavy sulfur smell, you know. And that's because it's literally bubbling up from the surface of the earth, well, the inside of the earth, and, you know, you get the sulfur with it. Uh, The Durango Hot Springs has no smell, and it's not anything that they do to the water. It's just the mineral content that is in the water that is in the hot springs that feed the, the Durango hot springs does not have a high sulfur content. So they have different minerals. Uh, they also oxygenate their water. And so it, what it does is it helps your body absorb all of these trace minerals a lot better than non-oxygenated water. Um, and it also keeps the water really, really pure. It is a way to clean the water without having to use chemicals, Um, or process the water. So that was really neat to learn about that. Um, They have adults-only sections, which are really nice. They have family sections. So if you have young kids with you, they have a swimming pool, like a really big swimming pool. So if you have kids and just want to take them to the pool, they have food trucks that come in. They have a full-service spa. They have dry saunas that you can rent out. Um, And then in talking with the manager there, They have all of these plans because they own a decent chunk of land there to add on. So currently there is an RV park right across the street, but it's not owned by the Durango Hot Springs. Uh, His words were not yet. (laughs) So I think they might be. I'm not sure if we were supposed to (laughs) announce that. 
So, you know, that that could change. Um, but the Durango Hot Springs is going to be adding on about two, a 200-room hotel. They're going to be adding on fine dining. They're going to be adding on glamping. So they're really looking at building up this property and making it a vacation destination in and of itself. So, and it's just beautiful, beautiful grounds, beautifully landscaped. Um, you know, they've got the the locker rooms, the locker rentals, you know, like showers after you're done if you need to get all cleaned up. So just beautifully, beautifully done. Um, definitely worth spending at minimum a day. And I think certain days they also bring in like live music, um, you know, and different things like that. So yeah. very, very cool. Very, very fun. Definitely check out the hot springs. Uh, and again, it, do, it there's no odor to it. Unlike None. If you go to Pagosa Springs. Like Pagosa um, Springs was stinky. It yeah, was a, wonderful. A lot of sulfur. But, but moving on to number one. Oh. And, and Callie, uh, give us the drum roll. What is number one? <laughs> number one top thing to do in Durango, Colorado is the Durango Silverton Narrow Gauge Railway. Yeah, this this was amazing. Epic. Uh, now, Epic. to be completely transparent, uh, they gave us a free ride on it because uh, we were, were with the media. We mm-hmm. had all that prearranged, uh, but we did it many years ago, uh, and we paid for it. And, yeah. and honestly, if they wouldn't have comped it, I would have paid we for it again. Done it again. It, it it is. It is so rewarding. Oh, just the whole ride yes. is just amazing. And this is this is a, a, a kind of a, they have different rides available, um, so you can do shorter ones. But we did from Durango to Silverton, goes up to Silverton. You spend like an almost two hours in Silverton, and then it turns around and comes back. This is an all day affair. It is an this all is like day. I think we're going think nine we're, hours, yeah. ten hours. No, it was actually over ten hours by the time we like got back to the hour, RV. Yeah, by the time we got back to the RV, and and we weren't that far from. Durango, the RV resort we were staying at. So, I mean, it, it, it's a big commitment, but w- uh, totally worth it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. So my one of my most favorite things is the train starts in historic downtown Durango and then heads out through town and it literally goes through newer parts of Durango and you're running behind people's homes and condos and apartment buildings and walking paths and wouldn't you know the amount of people that came out, like authentic ear-to-ear grins on their faces, smiling and waving at everybody on the train as everybody on the train is smiling and waving it to them. Now, mind you, this train runs every day and in high season runs two times a day. Since like 1881 yeah, or whatever it, is, it started. Yes, it has been continuously running since 1881 when it was first built operating year round so that was that just resonated with me that the people in the community are this proud like so proud of it that twice a day there will and, and now think of that you got a train going out and coming back going out coming back four times a day <laughs> you know they're they're out there just waving and smiling and how are you i mean even the um, uh what's the appropriate politically correct word vagabonds uh, yeah. uh they were even waving yes. they were sitting on the side of the road with just, their yeah, cart or whatever they had with them and, and just waving, waving at the train going by i mean it was incredible and like a lot of these we went by, I think they were condos, were like super, super close to the tracks, and people literally sit outside on their balcony waiting for the train to go by to wave. Yeah, if that was if that was in our area, people would be banging on the- I know, like they would have- Fighting the city council to- To quiet it or something, or <laughs> right. r- move the train. Put a concrete wall between me and the track. Yeah, so yeah, that, and I, I could not get over that, and I have shared that story so many times, but the the views, when you're, you're following the Animus River- 
and the views are. I mean, st- just stunning doesn't even do it. No, it, it, I, I can't even describe it because you're right. Stunning doesn't describe it. Incredible doesn't describe it. Breathtaking doesn't describe it. It it is otherworldly. How gorgeous this is, and then just what a feat of engineering this took to build this train, this train track, this three foot wide train track on a cliffside. Yep, yep. So I think oh. if if you do this, uh, my recommendation would be to sit on the right side. Uh, going up um, now. Now, what you're gonna do is you're gonna see all the beautiful views right off. Mm-hmm. You're gonna see the big canyons and the Anamas River down at below. But then you're gonna be a lot of walls. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of con- not walls, but concrete. Uh, not, concrete not concrete. Rock walls. Rock wall. Yeah, because like on it, the way back and the Anamas. The Anamas. Uh, Anima's, I'm saying it wrong, switches to the other side. And so everybody on the left side of the train gets to see that. But don't worry, when you come back from Silverton, you'll get to see all the river. So I I like that first because I think the right side gets the dramatic view Mm -hmm. first. It does. uh, When everybody on the left side is kind of trying to look over our Mm -hmm. heads on the right. But but just unreal. I mean, you're talking about like two hours, just the most amazing views you'll ever see. Passing waterfalls and um, and they have different style of car cars. You can have a, a closed car or like a gondola car, which is open air with a roof. Uh, get we the gondola. Get, get the gondola. Yeah, get the gondola. Don't yeah. sit in a enclosed. No. Uh, and they. it was fun because we were so lucky. We were right behind the snack car. So we were able to pop into the snack car. They had like specialty, like in the morning they had, they would just create like specialty drinks that were either coffee based or hot chocolate based because it was pretty chilly out. And then in the afternoon, it, the sun came out and it warmed up and they're like, all right, the sun came out and we decided to do margaritas on the way back. And, you know, but if you don't, if you don't want adult beverages, they have just regular beverages. Um, you know, I would suggest dressing in layers regardless of the time of year, because again, you're going up to Silverton. The elevation gain is quite extensive and the temperature for us fluctuated about 20 to 25 degrees yeah. and then they they are when they come by and talk about the drinks i'm going back to what she said yeah they do sell a little book that kind of tells oh, you yeah. a little bit about the right. marker yeah. so uh, uh, the entire way all the way up from durango to silverton there's little yeah. markers and this book kind of associates the marker so you you find the marker number you look into the book and it'll tell you a little bit about that area and what happened in that area or what what's special about that area so right. that that's kind of cool. we found the markers sometimes a little hard to find but yeah. but you can kind of read ahead and kind of anticipate when the, when the markers would be coming up but definitely get the book i think it was ten dollars i think it was ten or twelve dollars it's called the official guidebook america's railroad the official guidebook it's only available there on the train it's beautifully written and illustrated um and then you know these are a, a lot of the engines and the rail cars a lot of them are original um and that's what's amazing they have eight engines that are in service today um, a lot of what you're on is very, very historic. When you get up to Silverton, um, you go through an old rail yard, which they had some of the older cars just sitting in there. And it was just a photographer's dream come true. Yeah. So I mean, Silverton, I mean, we're, we're we're not even touching on how incredible oh, Silverton yeah. was. Silverton's an old silver mining town. Uh, now it's turned into this tourism town. Uh, I think there's a lot of skiing in the area and, that, and off-roading and stuff like that now. But it's just an adorable, all the all the buildings are very historical. You feel uh, like you're walking into an old western. Western, right? That's right. exactly what it feels like. The main like. street is paved. you got the mountains surrounding yeah. you. You've got the train, the steam the tra- train, doo-doo. right? So they pull right. literally right into in town. town and let you off like right, right into, into town. town. 
Yeah. Uh, but we, but that we uh, do you remember the name of the restaurant we had at? That was pretty good. I thought that uh, was that was good. And then there's the the historic. If you remember, they had another historic. Um, hotel and the piano saloon bar with the piano bar actually she just had uh opened it up mm-hmm. and we we talked to the owner and it was uh it was just the the story was amazing she bought the uh bought the building i believe and opened the bar just eight months ago or something like yeah. that yeah uh, i'm looking to see what i yeah, can she's, find she's here. pulling up but again silverton is, is a lot of great restaurants a, little, a lot of gift shops get yourself a shirt get yourself some souvenirs uh, there's several uh, shops like that. If if you're there in the summer, they do have uh, you you can rent um, side by sides and, and different things like that. So uh, yeah, was it the does is this right? The Grand Imperial Hotel? No, no, no it was uh, a lady's name. It was like Madeline, uh, Madeline, or something like that. Um, yeah, I wish we would have. I, I, I took a it's... picture of it, but 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 anyway, anyway, there, there's yeah. a lot of really cool things to visit up there. A lot in all the hotels, all the bars are are from the 1800s and so they're all beautifully de- decorated they've all got the you know the mahogany woods and uh, and all that kind of stuff yeah so, and yeah. It, it's just so the place we at here is uh is that it high noon hamburgers that doesn't sound nope, right that's not the one we went to nope. that, that's across the street from where we went to okay you look right across the street I know I'm trying. It's not popping up. That's all right. We've got to move along. I know we're got to move on. So, yeah, we're oh, the Lacey Rose Saloon. Okay, so that was the one where the the girl had just bought. She was the ragtime piano yes. player. The Lacey Rose Saloon. Definitely have to stop. Yeah, there. we wanted to give her a plug because yes. she was such a sweet lady. She let us come in, and take pictures of the saloon. Mm-hmm. We took pictures of the piano player. Uh, that was really cool. The food looked good. We didn't eat there. We ate at a different restaurant, but but uh, somebody else on the train uh, did eat there and said the food was really good. Yes. Of course, the atmosphere is really good. You've got another ragtime uh, piano player. Yes. There, so. Yeah. The the girl that bought this restaurant was one of the uh, ragtime piano players for many, 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 many years. Right. and. Bought the place. So when you get back into Durango, you, it's a long tra- travel back. A lot of people are falling asleep at this yeah. point because, again, it's a long day. Make sure you visit uh, the museum. The museum yes. was amazing. Uh, oh, the train museum. The train museum and then also the gift shop. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, 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 I don't want to mean to downplay the museum because it was amazing. Oh, the uh, museum was incredible. It's just we're and running it's, out of time. Right. And, and the museum is, is free. F-R-E-E. So you can stop by the museum anytime, whether you have a ticket or not, and it's free to see. Yeah. It's incredible. If you you're too exhausted, to if you're too exhausted when you get we back, were. we actually were. We we decided to do it the next day when yeah. it was raining, so we went back and actually toured the museum and really had a great time. There's some really cool things in the museum. Yes. So, so, so. now let's move on to RV parks. Well, let's let's talk about okay. getting around. So getting, getting around, around first. So downtown not- downtown historical Durango, you can walk around everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty uh, and there's a small town, but outside of that, you've pretty much got to drive. I mean, there's I believe there was Uber. We we didn't. Uh-huh. We drove everywhere. Yeah, so we drove everywhere. Plenty of parking. Yeah, plenty of parking. So even if you're going into historic Durango, there's parking lots and street parking where you can park and then just walk. Yep, yep. So yep. now let's move on to the camping Okay, options. now into camping options. So we stayed at Durango Ranch RV Resort. And this is the new kid in town. And we thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. This is the one where I said they um, had a farm. They have a farm. And then they opened up this RV park and it was actually, we talked to them to supplement their income because they've been in such a drought in recent years that they needed an extra way to bring in income. And they they truly have done everything right 
at this RV resort. So they have a, a beautiful hot tub. They have these great sitting areas all throughout the RV park with stunning views of the mountain. The sites are large and very spaced out. I think they only have like Eight. 22 sites in the whole park. I thought it was 18, but possibly. Yeah. And, and so the sites are really spread out. They're large. It's wonderfully flat because you're sitting up on a mesa. Um, great views. They have a cute little shop up front. Um, they have like some little like snacks and goodies. They were incredibly helpful. Yeah, extremely helpful. We, yeah. we went up to them a couple times. Now, now we're featuring them in the magazine, and we did not charge them anything. We just felt like they were doing it right, and we mm-hmm. want we you know we always we're never going to sacrifice our. What am I trying to say? Our moral beliefs. We're right, not going right. to. We, we, we think sometimes when you take money, you lose your objectivity. Yeah. And so uh, we just said, hey, we like what you're doing here. You know, it's a smaller park, but you've done everything right here. So we're going to feature you. So again, they're not sponsoring the show or anything like that. But but the only downside, I think, to that is it's a little bit outside of town. It's on the yeah. south side. It's Highway uh, 550 south of town. It was about. About a 15-minute drive to into town. So it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, there's certainly parks that are closer are, to downtown. Yeah. But But uh, I kind of liked it because the Starlink worked re- real oh, well. Yeah. You know, you're out in the country. You've got, there's no trees around, but you have mountains. You have the view of the mountains, distance. but they weren't impeding anything. Right. Um, so, yeah, highly recommend Durango Ranch RV Resort. Got a big dog park, too. They do. It was fabulous. So, some other ones we got the Oasis Durango RV Resort mm-hmm. uh, that was ranked pretty high. The yeah. Eagle Ridge Luxury. Uh, Lux- Luxury camp. I can't even say that yeah. word. Alpen uh, Rose RV Park. Yeah, that's another one that I've seen pop um, up a couple the, times. Oh, the Westerly RV Park is the one that's located out there um, right across the street from the Durango Hot Springs. Yep. So if you want to add the Durango Hot Springs to your list and want to stay super close, the Westerly RV Park is literally right across the street. When I believe somebody was saying somebody was building in a, putting in a big RV park somewhere yeah, in that area Yeah, and very close too. to so, that area as so well. So maybe in the coming years there'll be another mm-hmm. brand new park. But um, And there's also the United Campgrounds of Durango is another one that's there in the Durango area. Yeah, and you could actually, there's a couple parks actually up in Silverton if you mm-hmm. want to do things a little bit different and stay in Silverton and drive down now. I got to say, taking your RV on on the Million Dollar Highway Ooh. is kind of a, yeah, a little bit of wh- white knuckle driving. So just uh, if you decide to do that, you got to be pretty careful. Know what yeah, you're and definitely into. if you do, do decide to do that, hit Silverton from the south side on 550. Do not come from. Don't come from the north with yeah yeah yeah, with your RV because it's just it is some serious driving. You you can make it through, but it's going to be pretty white knuckle driving. And and if your spouse doesn't like uh, your driving, you're going to know. You're going to hear a lot. But yeah, so so uh, anyway, so if you want to download the top ten free things to do in not free things. Yeah, if you want to adopt, if you want to download the top ten things to do in Durango, it's free. Yeah. I'm saying all this wrong. It's okay. Uh, you can go to www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash top ten, or click the hyperlink below in the notes, and that'll take you over. You just put your email in, and we'll email it to you. Uh, and and don't forget that we now offer a paper subscription. Yep. So you too can be the proud owner of RV Destinations Magazine in print by going to www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Yeah, we're actually really impressed. We just launched that last week and we have oh hundreds of subscribers already. I mean, just yeah, insane. in less than a week. Well, a so, little over a week. Yeah. So thank you all. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank, you, thank you, you for supporting us, supporting our dream of of getting great RV destinations 
out to all of you. We we can't thank you enough. So thank you for joining us today. And thank please you. make sure that you go out and, and rate, review, and subscribe and follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. And until next time, this is uh, Randy and Callie saying so long and happy travels. Safe travels, y'all. You've been listening to the RV Destinations Podcast. Hitting the road in an RV is one of the most popular things to do nowadays, and it's our passion to clue you in on where to go and what to see. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, visit our website at www.rvdestinationsmagazine.com. And from there, you'll get a more in-depth look at destinations for the RVer. Thanks for listening. Be safe out there. And we'll see you next time on the RV Destinations Podcast.